This is the Illuminate Podcast, a Sandy Boy production. Each week on the Illuminate Podcast, the hosts will bring you insightful conversations and stories of people who are illuminating their own lives through their business, work, community, family, and world. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Illuminate Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Lindsay Hine, and today you're listening to episode 67. Today I'm talking with Melissa Jones. Melissa is a teacher, and she is also the founder of the Girls Positivity Club. The Girls Positivity Club is an organization where she works directly with girls through weekly virtual coaching groups and clubs teaching girls how to have positive habits in self-belief, confidence, and empowerment for themselves and in supporting other girls. After noticing patterns in girls across four different school environments related to struggles with self-esteem and confidence and having struggled into adulthood with low self-esteem and the lack of confidence and strategies herself, she now uses her personal transformation and research with experience-based strategies to elevate girls to live their best life while linking arms in a community centered around growth and empowerment. I was so excited to talk to Melissa and hear about how this program all got started and what it looks like today. They've had to do some shifting around with how this looks with the 2020 pandemic, but she is thriving, the club is thriving, and I'm excited to share the story with you. You can find them on Instagram, Girls Positivity Club. You can also find us on Instagram. We are the Illuminate Podcast over there. We would love to connect with you. All right, friends, enjoy my conversation with Melissa Jones. Well, today on the Illuminate Podcast, I am so excited to have Melissa Jones on the show. Welcome to the show, Melissa. Thank you so much, Lindsay. It's great to be here. Yes, a fellow Indiana resident. It's always fun to interview someone else from Indiana. Yes. Um, let's get started with, first of all, Melissa's on the show today to talk about this really cool thing called Girls Positivity Club that she started at her school that she's a teacher at. Melissa, what grade do you teach? I now teach fifth grade. Okay. Are you guys in person or are you virtual? We are in person, so I teach in a mask all day, and then in the morning, I get up really early. I get up at 5, sometimes 4.30 to work on my Girls Positivity Club, and then I have little pockets of time where I fit in my entrepreneur work, so I'm kind of doing double duty with that because it's such a huge passion of mine. Oh, I love that so much. Okay, so tell us, Melissa, what is the Girls Positivity Club, first of all? Yeah. So Girls Positivity Club is an organization that I started to teach girls positive habits about confidence and to empower other girls in an environment that's creative and just very positive and supportive. Okay. So now that we know what it is, let's walk back to your life and how events in your life led to you eventually starting this club that is positively affecting so many young women in the state of Indiana? 
Yes. So back in 2018 is really when I first got the idea for the club. And backing up even more, I grew up as a child, very confident until I was about eight years old. And I switched schools. So when I was about eight, I had lots of friends. I loved my neighborhood and my parents, the neighborhood started getting a little bit dangerous um, on the south side of Indy. And I didn't feel like it was dangerous, but they thought it was. So we moved to a new neighborhood and it was on a total different side of town, still the south side, but a different just area, suburb. And I really didn't have anyone to connect with in my neighborhood. There was a girl, but she was super tomboyish. And I liked her, but we just didn't click the way that I had with my other friends. And so then all through school, pretty much, I struggled with feeling connected to peers. And even though I had a small group of friends, I just always didn't feel like I was good enough. And even though I had a supportive family and parents who would do anything for me and got me involved in sports and dance and all kinds of things, I just still always had this, this lack. I always compared myself. I always just felt like I didn't really know how to believe in myself. Mm. And fast forward to 2018, which is way past, I, my dad was diagnosed with glioblastoma, which is a really aggressive brain cancer. And at the same time, I had been making a pretty big shift in my lifestyle change. I had gotten really into fitness, really into eating well, and just learning about how foods, you know, heal your body. And, and as kind of a byproduct, this was kind of going on at the same time my dad was going through cancer. I just, when my dad was going through cancer, I just did not take care of myself at all. I was like, mm. I'll be happier if I don't work out and I mm. eat whatever I want. And I gained 50 pounds and I was miserable. And so I decided that I was going to join this group. Uh, Danette May is one of my huge mentors for uh, just healthy food and, and fitness. And I joined her group and I joined this community of women online, just on Facebook in a group. And it changed everything. So through Danette's teachings of mindfulness and, you know, accepting your body and, and positive affirmation, just I learned all these habits in this super supportive community of women, I transformed. So my dad was going through his brain cancer uh, for two years. And so throughout that two years, I was struggling with my dad, you know, just being up and down with his cancer. But then I was also getting stronger mentally, emotionally. So it was kind of a weird balance because it was like I was going through something really hard, but I had good things happening at the same time. Mm. And so as my dad kind of went downhill, we went through hospice and he did pass away. I started thinking, okay, I know that there are girls in my classes who are struggling already at an elementary school age with believing in themselves, knowing how to have confidence. And as I was learning this about myself, I started just thinking like, I can do this for girls. How can I do this? So I took my experience and then I used what I know from teaching and I combined it and I started creating these groups at lunchtime. Wow. <laughs> I mean... It's fascinating to me that you had this in like this positive life changing thing happen while walking through one of the hardest things someone can walk through. Yes. How do you think that 
you know, you mentioned the Facebook group and that community that really encouraged you, but what was the drive? How did, what was the final straw that said, like, you got to get yourself healthy first? I think, honestly, I was disgusted with my body. Um, I had, I had always kind of struggled with kind of going up and down with my weight and not, you would probably never look at me like in the, in pictures and think like that I had felt that way, but I, I never really learned how to accept my body and I was compare myself. And so I think the more I started accepting myself for the way that I looked, even though I was improving, I think I just started having more of that internal acceptance and, and belief in myself and seeing progress. Like every other time I had worked on fitness or whatever, I would always backslide or, and for some reason, I think I was starving for solutions. Mm. And I think I needed something consistent to hold on to. And I knew that working out and being part of these communities and learning about how to strengthen myself. And I also listened to podcasts and read books and, and did all of this stuff. I just said I had such a craving for it. And I think the more small steps of progress I had, the more I craved it. And the more I just kept learning. So almost like because of the hard thing, I was craving some light and mm -hmm. something to grasp onto to where I could feel good. <laughs> Yeah, I recently interviewed someone for my Why Is Everyone Yelling, my parenting podcast, and she talks a lot about body neutrality, mm -hmm. and I love that concept, and it's kind of what I'm hearing from you, like, mm -hmm. you are constantly looking for the solution, like, when I get to this size, or when, when, I, yes. when I can do this, or, you know, and, and it's like accepting where you are, but also, like, having this pursuit to just be a healthy individual. Yes. And I think that is so important because I, I even see with girls, you know, we talk about the body image and at my lunch groups, I loved that it was at lunch because we talk about all kinds of different habits and not only how you talk to yourself, how you start your day, if you practice gratitude, um, the way that you feel about how you look and how your body is not going to be like anyone else's mm -hmm. and just teaching them about like one day, one of the most powerful lunch conversations we had, they complimented each other on something they admired about someone else's body. So like you are really, you know, you have long legs or you have beautiful hair or, and so it's not typically about the physical, but it went, that conversation was there that day. And so I just, reacted, you know, in a positive way to it. And I wanted them to know that even if you are, if you're skinny, if you're heavier, if you're in between, everybody has something about their body that they, I mean, if I'm being honest, like most women can say there's something about their body they want to change. Mm. And, but what we have to do is focus on what we do have and, and accept ourselves, like you said, as we are, but also wanting to reach for more at the same time. So kind of that balance of figuring that out for each person. And they were amazing with recognizing beauty in each other and knowing that one person's beauty is can be unique to another's. So um, yeah, it was a really powerful conversation that day. Yeah, it's such an important concept to teach 
to teach kids too. I mean, I there are days I look in the mirror and I'm like, ugh, you know, and there are days I, I look in the mirror and I'm like, I feel great. I and there are days I look in the mirror and I'm like, I got that little like I got that little pooch there and yes. I'm okay with it and it's yes. fine and I I'm like owning it, but some days I don't feel great about that and there's this like lesson in teaching people that it's okay to not feel great about everything all the time. Exactly. And some, yeah. you know, so yeah, there's, there's this like balance. I, I know balance is never the right word. I, exactly. I, I felt when I said balance, I felt the same way. <laughs> I always say balance because I'm always striving for balance in every uh-huh. aspect of my life. But it's like yeah. everybody always kind of poo-poo's balance. Um, okay, yeah. so you are the mother of one and, and your son is 12. So I'm super yes. curious as the mom of a son how you got so motivated to pursue this passion for young women. Yes. I think that it all goes back to my childhood and just how much I struggled about being a girl. And I, even being a boy mom, I talk openly with him about those things, about body image and about not just that, but positive thinking and affirmations and, you know, being better than you were the day before, you know, better every day and things like that and habits. And he doesn't always want to hear it from me because sometimes he's like, mom, I'm so sick of you talking about positivity. But, (laughs) but I say, you know, buddy, this is, this is who I am. And he knows that about me. He's just being 12 at the time. Mm -hmm. But you know, what's funny is once in a while he'll say, mom, I need your positivity right now. Mom, Mm -hmm. I need, and he'll verbalize that. And so I'm hoping that me modeling what I'm doing for him not only just shows him that he can do hard things, you know, and building a whole business, but also the way to treat girls and the way that girls can be seen as valuable um, beauty from the inside out. And we have conversations about these things. And I he listens in on my meetings because they're all virtual right now. Mm-hmm. So I catch him a lot of times he'll kind of sit outside and he's totally taking on everything I'm saying. And so, yeah. So I think in his own way, even though boys don't always, and I'm stereotyping, but um, boys don't always verbalize that they're taking things in, but they also have that craving for it too. And I think it's good, even though I am a boy mom for him to see how motivated and empowered I am in helping girls know who they are and support each other. And because we talk even about like who he wants, you know, his future wife or his dating or whatever, once in a while he'll bring that up. And we talk about seeing people for who they are and that it's not all about looks and we just have good conversations about it. So, you know, they're, they're when he's in the mood for it because he's 12, but it's, I think it's good, you know, that, he sees me doing this and I hope that it impacts him and his relationships as he gets older. So you had the vision for girls positivity club. How did you actually go about making it happen? Well, um, I started at lunch with my actual fourth graders. So the year that I started, it was when everything was really hard for me. My dad had passed and things were a little bit rocky at home and it just, because everything was up in the air, I started the clubs at lunch and it was almost healing for all of us. Mm. Um, so I started there and 
once my lunch groups started to grow beyond my classroom, I opened it up to all fifth grade girls or fourth grade girls. And then I looped, I ended up looping the next year, like it went really well. And then I just kind of brainstormed and started getting some ideas and writing curriculum. I've written curriculum before as a teacher because I've taught for 22 years. It's my 22nd year. And so I, I was like, I think I can make this bigger. So then I ended up looping with that same group of girls. So my principal's like, hey, will you teach them again in fifth? I was like, yes. So I was like, this is a perfect opportunity for me to pour into them for two years. So I expanded again and I opened it up and my lunch groups grew. And then from there, I was like, I wonder if I could do this district wide. So then I asked my principal and I went to our HR person and I just took that initiative to make it grow to an after school program. So they let me do it in two other elementary schools. And then from there, I thought, why not go bigger? And what about the community who doesn't, you know, who lives in Noblesville? Because that's where I'm, you know, I'm located. Why don't I just tap into the Boys and Girls Club? So I started volunteering then at the Boys and Girls Club Mm. um, once a week. And then COVID happened. Mm -hmm. And I was also, oh, yeah. And I also was doing after school clubs. Um, well, I mentioned the one school, but now uh, two days a week at my elementary school, opening up more options for parents, and then the one day a week, like at the other. And then from there, COVID happened, and I could have easily given up, but I always tell my kids the easy ways to give up. And if I was willing to give up at that point, it didn't matter that much to me. And it was my drive force. And I always, you know, all the people that I read, you know, Brene Brown and like Rachel Hollis and all the people, you know, tons, John Maxwell and, you know, you, I could go on and on. They all say, if it's your true passion, it should keep you up at night or you should be, mm-hmm. it should be on your mind all the time. Mm-hmm. And so it is, and it's so important. And so I started thinking, okay, it's time to pivot. So then I started offering my same girls virtual clubs. And that continued. So most of my girls, I would have 25 girls or so who would meet with me virtually. And I would do my same lessons. So we would do we I always do like a theme. So like this week, we worked on self care, and how that means taking care of your mind and your body. And I always put like a creativity piece. So we always do like art or body, like movement, or we do um, music, we've cooked, like we do all kinds of really hands on things. And then we meet again the next week and we either expand on the same topic or we do something different. Um, But yeah, so I pivoted to virtual and then from my club groups, I then expanded to a 12 week like coaching program. And now I'm expanding that even more. So it's just, I just keep adding like a layer um, where I think I can go deeper with, with girls because there are some girls out there who need more of a small feel they need a small group or they need an individual um and then some just like to come for the big group and they you know they just like that um that community so that's my whole goal is like i want to create even virtually these environments where girls show up and it's great energy we have fun i teach them something that they can apply directly it's not like a theory it's like okay tomorrow i will do something i love for 15 minutes you know, I will take a walk, I will draw, I will play my instrument, I will whatever it is. So yeah, so that's kind of um, how I expanded and um, and how I'm still growing. (laughs) 
Yeah, it's it's super tough. I mean, I think that 2020 and COVID for anybody in the entrepreneurial space, like you had to really, well, I mean, any industry, you had to get creative. And yeah, Zoom is a wonderful thing, but it could be really simple and easy to just be like, well, we're going to start this back up once we can do it how it was supposed to be done in the, the first place. And exactly, I think we've all just kind of learned like, nope, things are shifting and yep. we're going to, and I love the point that if, if it's keeping you up at night, if you're thinking about it all the time, like go on with it, like go yes. on and pursue it. I mean, I had this thought with my parenting podcast for two years and I kept thinking about it and thinking mm-hmm. about it. And it was like, you know, my husband finally said to me, Lindsay, like you got to stop talking about it. Mm-hmm. and put it away or just do it. <laughs> yes. Yes. You know, so I, I love that you went in full force. Now, what are some of the biggest, what are the, like, what are, when someone comes into your program mm-hmm. and leaves your program, what do you want those young girls to be armed with? I love this question. I want them to have practical tools that they can use every day to continue to show up for themselves, to continue to know how to take care of their mind and their body and to feel good about who they are and continue to, to strive for more and to know that they can be seen and that, that, that they have so much worth and so much value. And I have a couple of, I mean, I have a lot of examples, but There's this girl who was in my class, and she was in my club for two years. And she said that she came to school one day, and she was like, I've decided I'm going to be a positive person. Mm. And she finally had internalized what we had been doing in our groups. And I saw her change from this really quiet girl who rarely raised her hand to – now, she wasn't the one who raised her hand every time after that, but – she sure was trying more. She was showing leadership in the group. She was leading activities. She was she was raising her hand. She was just carrying herself differently. And I have so many examples of that and how another girl was like, a lot of times I, I had friends that I would hang around with who made me feel terrible about myself. Mm. They would talk about people. They would put people down for their outfit or the way they looked. And one of my big um, lessons for the girls is surround yourself with positive people. Surround yourself with people who see the good in others. And I also say it doesn't mean that everyone has the perfect life and that we all pretend like nothing's ever wrong. But I think there's a difference in seeing the good in people and seeing the good in situations, even hard situations. And who you surround yourself with is so important because – if these girls are around people who are in group chats, who talk about other girls or who they talk about them across the playground or whatever it is, all that's going to do is bring them down. And so this girl said, I've decided I'm changing friend groups. Mm. And I saw her change friend groups and that's hard to do. Um, It's very, it can be very confrontational for girls. It can be a very big insecurity area, but because all anyone wants is to be accepted. They want to be accepted for who they are. They want to be seen for who they are and to feel like they actually matter in the world. And by being part of our group, she said, I don't care that they don't like me because I left their group anymore. 
I have new friends and I know that I feel better when I'm around these other people. And to me, it's those little things. That is my why. And that is why I keep going because it's, I have a million stories like that of where girls take a little piece of what I teach and they apply it directly to their life. And it's in a way where it's pretty bold. I had this other girl, this girl who was her friend, quote unquote, um, was making her just feel terrible. She was coming into her house. They lived in the same neighborhood and like going through her things, like searching through for her journals and wanting to read all of her things. And Oh my gosh. Yeah. It was like, what? And so I tried to be neutral as far as I was like, let's go ahead and let's talk about like, who are your friends? And so she was like, you know, this girl, you know, Molly. And I was like, well, tell me about Molly. She's kind, she's creative, she's blah, blah. And I was like, okay, how about the girl you described earlier? She's aggressive. She's the, you know, she's mean. She talks about me. And I was like, okay, let's think for one second. Who makes you feel better? And so anyway, I kind of put it in her, you know, court because she has to be the one ultimately who decides who she hangs out with. And when I followed back up with her, she had totally told the girl that not in a rude way, but just like, Hey, we can't be friends anymore. And like, her life totally changed and just she felt so much better. And I was like, man, that was really bold that she did that. But to me, it's things like that, that that's so important because if you learn that young and this is another like whole thing of why I do this, you don't have to wait until you're an adult to do these things. Like yeah. when you do it when you're young, you know, like that's ingraining these habits in them for to do it as they go so that when they come across hard things, they know what to do and they don't have to turn to bad habits. They will have tools to work with. So that's kind of, that's, that's another like big lie for me. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things where even as an adult, you hear people say you are most like the five people that you hang out with, you know, and it's like, if someone is, draining and constantly draining energy out of you and never, never lifting you up or, Mm -hmm. you know, never being a source of positivity in your life. Maybe we need to reconsider that relationship. And Mm -hmm. as a young girl or a young boy, that that's extremely difficult to do. Um, And -hmm. I think that it's really important that the these girls have someone that's not their parents to talk yes. to right because yes. i mean i remember being in in middle school and high school and when when all this happened you know any drama happened you would go to like the guidance counselor mm-hmm. and having an outside source would have like outside of that would have been really helpful Completely. I feel that way too. And that's what I tell the parents who, because I always have conversations about, you know, what we do in the groups, because I want to be really transparent. Like, here's what we do. Here's why and, and everything. And I know from my own son, I could say something that a coach said. And he would take it differently if the coach said it. So it's like that, you know, it's like, I'm I'm the person who's neutral. And also I'm that consistent voice for them once a week who, or if they were my lunch groups every day, who is 
teaching them these things and then the parents can follow up and they can support. And so keeping them in the loop of what's going on is really important as well so that they know how to support their daughters. Well, yeah. And, and here's the thing, like you, you might want to say like, I hope that my daughter doesn't get into drama in middle school and all that yeah. stuff, but like, yeah. it's probably going to happen. Like, <laughs> yeah. This is like a natural flow of life here. It is. It totally is. And one of the things that I teach parents is to have an interactive journal with their daughter. And what that basically is, is just take a notebook and they decide on a spot where they're going to pass it back and forth. So like if I was the parent, I might say, you're going to leave it on my nightstand. And if the girl would choose, like leave it on my pillow or whatever. And so the idea is that they're having written conversation um, daily or every couple of days where they pass it back and forth and they don't have to share their deepest darkest whatever they can like write out you know here's how my day was or they can say these are things that I love about you or they can write a story together or kids love to you know start a picture and then someone else finishes it or start a story like just having that habit of having a nonverbal also, ver- I mean, you should also talk to your kids, but obviously, but it's it's a more non-threatening way to have a conversation so that if something hard does come up, they already have that habit in place with their parent to where they can write the thing down like, hey, um, so-and-so hurt my feelings today, or I've been thinking about this, or I'm really stressed about this, because sometimes they don't know how to verbalize it, or they want to say it, but they don't want to make a big deal about it. And for some reason, writing it down um, just releases it. And it also just allows it to be not as scary to say out loud. And so what I've found is when parents do this, they've told me that it's super powerful because they don't have to wait until something's wrong to write something down. Cause I did have a girl who said, well, my mom did this with me, but, but I only wrote about it when something was wrong. So there was this like heaviness mm-hmm. to it. But if it's an everyday or every couple of days thing where you start to make it into a habit of just writing back and forth to each other, even if it's a joke or whatever it is back and forth, it becomes an easier avenue to in middle school or even in elementary school or whenever to open the conversation. Um, And whether it's on paper or verbally, I think any parent would say like they would love to have the conversation you know, just the communication with their kids, you know, it's so important. So yeah, so that's an easy way to just uh, non-verbally, I guess, communicate um, with their kids. Yeah, I love that. You know, I wonder as the mom, uh, a boy, being a boy mom, Yeah. um, you know, I have four boys myself and it's like a trivial thing to say like, oh, sometimes I, I wish I had a girl because I know I'm so blessed and fortunate to have been able to have four boys, yes. you know, like I know that's a really fortunate thing that I was able to have four kids. But, you know, like sometimes I'm around my nieces and I'm like, yeah. oh my gosh, they're Same. so sweet. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I know. And you're like, yes, we will do crafts, you guys. Yes. <laughs> like my little niece, will, she'll come up. She came up to my husband the other day and was like, asked if he would hold her hand while we walked in to get our Christmas tree. And like, oh my gosh. little, like just gentle things. And I'm yes. like, oh my gosh, I want a little girl to snuggle with. I know. <laughs> but, I feel the same. Yeah. My nieces, <laughs> I feel like that too. <laughs> which is, it's so, so awesome to have nieces but yeah um I wonder if like being a part of this group and getting to connect with these young women does that give you like I don't know if this is the right way to say it so I'm just gonna say it how I'm feeling but like 
Does it give you a sense of like purpose in a girl's life that you felt like you didn't have because you only have a boy? Do you know what I mean? Yes, completely. Is that I don't want that to it, come no. off as like wrong or rude. Oh, not at all. I think it totally does. And it just, it fills me up when we meet each week. So yeah, I mean, we do crafty things and I love it. And not that my son doesn't want to do those, like some yeah. things he does, but it's just a different feeling. And just to know because I just keep thinking, it's like, it's like I'm trying to teach my younger self. Yeah. And you know what I'm saying? And so it's like, it's almost like I'm healing my younger self mm-hmm. in a way, even though I don't do this for a selfish reason right. at all. But it's kind of like, I always try and keep that in mind. Like, I want to be for the girl for any girl, Mm -hmm. for the sporty girl, for the girl who likes music, for the girl who anything, they can all fit in a group together. Because I think what happens sometimes is still today, they get in these clicks of you're the sporty girls, you're the nerdy girls, you're the, um, the creative artsy, you're the this. But in my club, you all come together. So the girls who like to play with boys at recess are with the girls who do cheer and gymnastics and who you know what I'm saying like it, it's everyone and so I don't ever I want it to be a spot where they can come together in the unity of feeling good about being a girl and having good tools for knowing how to just live life as a girl and be confident and grow up and not have to have all this uncertainty about how to believe in themselves and how to show up for other girls because they don't have to tear each other down. And the girls that join my groups, they're awesome. I mean, they are, there are some good, some people say like, oh, I'm so worried about the future. I am not because the kids that I'm around, even in my classrooms, and this has been across all kinds of different schools, there are some awesome kids out there. And I think that the more we can unite them and the more that we can show them the way and how to rise up and how to be that person who can lift others up and who can be that light, the better. And so there can't be enough of us out there doing this, I think. I know that boys struggle with, you know, confidence and whatnot too, but it definitely seems like a more prominent thing for young women. And Mm -hmm. I mean, that's sad. And Mm -hmm. it's, and, and I, and I hate that like body image has to be wrapped up in it, but it, Mm -hmm. but it is. So I love that you're addressing the holistic part of like the mind, the body, all Mm -hmm. of it to kind of bring these girls to a whole positive place. Yes. And that's what I've been noticing even in my research is, you know, I love Dove because Dove has the whole self-esteem project. And I, the research that they've done, they did a national survey and they found that seven and 10 girls don't believe they're good enough in some way, whether that's in school, the way they look between their, their family and friends. And so that, we've got to change that, you know, because that's 70% of girls and we've got to show them that they can be who they want to be. And as cheesy as that sounds, we have to teach them how to do that and how they don't have to be like everybody else in order to be great and in order to do good things. So, yeah. So some of the, the statistics and things are, you know, that's another driving force. Like we gotta, you know, we gotta do this. We've got to help them. Well, I, I love what 
you're doing. I think it's so great. I want to know, um, like what are, what are the future goals? Like, what is your hope? What do you, cause you, you mentioned the entrepreneur side. So like, are you trying, do you already have a 5013C? Are you trying to pull one out? What does that look like? Yeah. So I am, um, my goal is to go nationwide. Uh, that's my ultimate big goal and I am an LLC, Um, so at this point, I do want to have a nonprofit section at some time or sector at some point. Um, and that's down the road somewhere, but for now, um, you know, the for-profit goes right back to the girls, obviously. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so I want to expand. I am looking into, well, I'm developing a course right now, like a digital course. I am just trying to figure out all the avenues, all the ways that I can reach girls. Because for the people who want to do in person, when I'm allowed to do that again, I want to offer in-person workshops. And I want to, you know, talk to groups and do speaking at different places. And I want to offer, you know, services for school groups, community groups, or whatever that may be. And But the main thing is, because in the beginning, I thought I wanted to work directly with schools. And I, schools will always have have a place in my heart always as a teacher. However, I want to go straight to the families because I think the families are the ones who need the most direct support and going through schools is great. And I, you know, I'm sure I'll have that too. I do right now, but I really am focusing on reaching the families and I just want to expand that nationwide. And yeah, so that's my ultimate goal to, I have all kinds of plans for I want an app. I want to do like I products. I have all of these ideas, like notebooks full of ideas of where I want to take it. And um, sometimes I just have to do just one thing at a time. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I have a vision for all kinds of ways to support girls and their families. And um, yeah, this is only the beginning. That is so awesome. Well, I am so excited to see where that goes. Thank um, you. Where, where can we find information online about that? Yeah, so girlspositivityclub.org is my website, and I am on social, on Instagram, on Facebook, and on TikTok under Girls Positivity Club, so I just kept it consistent, and yeah, they can follow me there. I love that. Okay, Melissa, what is something professionally or personally you'd like to do in your life that you haven't done yet? Start this club? (laughs) Yeah, right. Um, I would love to travel and reach more girls. I would love to just get out there and go beyond Noblesville, go beyond my state, you know, just be able to, I guess, expand and just reach as many girls as I can, whether that's speaking or going to different, I don't, community groups or whatever. Um, I just want to get out there and get my, you know, just spread what I'm doing, I guess is, would be my ultimate goal. I love that. What's the best, most recent book that you've read? There are so many. So this Ugh. is this is really hard for me. But Brene Brown is always one of my favorite people. Um, Daring Greatly was pretty life-changing for me. Just being vulnerable and the power of vulnerability about how it's not about winning and losing. It's about continuing to show up, facing your fears. And those themes are just fit so much with what I'm trying to do, not only with myself, but with the girls. So yeah, she's awesome. I love Brene Brown. Do you listen yes. to her podcast? I do not, but I should. I, I want to say yes, but I haven't. I And I totally should. Okay. Yes. Did you watch the show Little Fires Everywhere? 
Yes. Okay. Go listen to Brené Brown's podcast with Reese Witherspoon and yes. Carrie Washington. Okay. That specific episode. And as a mother, like halfway through it, you'll just be like, oh my gosh, I feel all those things. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yes. It's so good. Yes. And I, yes, I have like my five main podcasts that I try to, you know, listen to and then, yeah, but I need to start expanding. So yeah, I will for sure check that out. That sounds awesome. Yeah. And, um, I don't listen to all of her episodes, but I I listened to that one and I was, cause I'm not like, sometimes she gets like super wordy with like the, um, being a sociologist and all that stuff. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, I don't get, I'm not super interested in all that stuff, but, um, it can be really good. Yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah. I've watched a ton of her TED Talks. Oh, they're so good. I know. That's where I was drawn in with her. And then I was like, I got to read her books. Same, same. (laughs) Um, Okay. What is an organization or a person you want to uh, highlight? So these two people go together. They're like a power couple. Jen Gottlieb and Chris Winfield have been such a huge impact on me. So I joined this. It's called Be Seen Accelerator. And there was just this beyond it sounds kind of vain to say this but be on tv boot camp and it's not really just about being on tv it's about spreading your message and what i love so much about both of them is they're all about facing your fears and being seen and all the people in our group are super heart-centered and they all have amazing missions there's a guy in our group who does photography for kids with cancer where they get to be like the superhero or whatever it is. And there's another person who fights for um, women of abuse. And like, there are all these people in this group. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm surrounded by all these. And so to me, when someone puts together a group like that, it's like, we're just learning so much about how to reach more people with our message. And just, they're such their, their heart is in the right place as far as they're, you know, wanting to help other people be seen and how to get other people's messages out into the world. So I'm forever grateful to both of them. Oh, that's so great. I love that so much. Yeah, they're awesome. Okay. What's your one message you want to leave our audience with today? <laughs> I would say this is really hard for me too. This is hard for me to like get very succinctly. I would just say, keep showing up, keep showing up for others, keep showing up for yourself. And I think we have to do that every day. And if we mess up or we don't do something right, we just get back up and we just keep showing up because I believe in consistency and consistently being kind, consistently doing for others and just helping. Um, as cheesy as it sounds, the world be better. Um, I think that's where it's at, is just to keep on doing it, keep on showing up. Hey, everybody. Thanks for being here today. Thank you, Melissa, for coming on the podcast. You all can find more about Melissa when you go to her website, girlspositivityclub.org, or find them on Instagram, girlspositivityclub. You can find us on Instagram. We are the Illuminate Podcast over there, as well as Twitter, illuminate underscore pod and we're on Facebook as well. We would love to connect with you. And if you enjoyed this episode of the podcast, please consider leaving us a rating and review on iTunes or wherever you're listening. This podcast is part of the Sandy Boy Productions Network. Check out our other shows. I'll have another with Lindsay Hine, the up and running podcast with Lauren and Abby and the podcast that's brand new the parenting podcast called Why Is Everyone Yelling? 
All right. Thanks so much, everybody. Have a great rest of your day, and we will see you next week on the Illuminate Podcast.